Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm here with the sharp edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Much better than earlier this morning. <laughs> that, that's good. I'm yeah. doing good. How are you doing, speaker? I just woke up, rolled out of bed, put some headphones on, and now I'm here. All right. That's you made it. Some coffee. Yeah. I managed to get a cup of coffee in, though. This time that's is getting good. too early for me. <laughs> Struggling people. <laughs> Struggling. All right, what are we going to talk about today? We got lots uh, to cover. Uh, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about the World Health Organization because I think that's an important topic at the moment that's going around. Um, some corona related topics. I want to go into this 5G conspiracy thing because that has been making news lately, so I want to talk about that for a little bit. Um, Corey's new digs about inside the hospitals. Um, and Edge's new dig on enhanced counter narcotics. Um, what else do we have to talk about? What else is there? Couple IGs getting fired. Good, good. Yep. Yeah. Some. Yep. We're gonna talk about Fauci a little bit. Oh, everyone's favorite doctor. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the little weasel. Let's let's let, let's start off with something random that I read the other day. Um. So at least my uh, Milano and Rose McGowan fight. Did you see that? Briefly, <laughs> I but saw I didn't. A snippets. <laughs> yeah, clue us in. Oh, I, I just thought it was funny. I don't like either of them. I think they're both dodgy. But Rose McGowan really called out Elise Milano for uh, being a complete hypocrite when it comes to Joe Biden and sexual assault allegations. And normally, I wouldn't like jump on that bandwagon because we don't know how many times people have made these allegations against Trump. It, 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 it happens a lot. But in Biden's case, considering we have all this footage of him and considering what he does on like the daily basis with women when it comes to touching and children as well, I think something like this holds water. I was waiting for something like this. Um, and Rose McGowan just went, straight out on it, just calling her a lie, just calling her an asset for the DNC, a complete actress. So that that was that was, it was funny to see. I was just eating popcorn watching that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but on with regards to the Stormy Daniels accusations against Trump, she admitted that they were false. No? Didn't she recently come out and admit that? That I don't, I don't know. know. That I don't know. No, you called me off guard there. I haven't read anything like that. Let me see. <coughs> We're going to have to find that one now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Edge well, brings stuff up that like, no one knows. And we're like, uh, well, you just know. threw this out of left field. I wasn't prepared. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good not to be prepared. Mm, While you're is. looking that up, um, I just want to point out a little weasel Fauci, um, which I think most people are caught up on by now. But, you know, the fact that this guy comes out of the gate, and yes, that is pun intended. I'm going to say, keep saying that one over and over again because they're all working with him. So he comes out saying, oh, the U.S. doesn't, doesn't need to be concerned right now about this because, you know, he needed some time for people to get, get sick and show up at the hospital so we can try and make this legit. And then comes out with, uh, you know, weeks later, 
up to 2 million people could die from this total fear tactics now trying to scare everyone into their home and we need to shut everything down. And, uh, and then of course is pushing the vaccine. And, and, and in the beginning he was like, yeah, hyd- hydri- Ugh, this word, hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> that, that, you know, it, it, this, this could show some good results here and da, da, da. And then next thing you know, no, no, we shouldn't be using this because my masters are telling me I can't talk like this because we need to be pushing these vaccines. And I know, uh, I know you wanted to talk, Edge, about the wonderful little cue he did the other day. Yeah, so the other day during a press conference, everybody noticed this really strange moment when Fauci, right as the conference was over, he deliberately waited to be the very last person to leave the press conference. And as he was leaving, the ABC News White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl, gave him this weird, like, salute and Fauci looked directly at him and like gave him this kind of, you know, pointing finger shooting gun like type of thing. Like they uh-huh. were like they were in on something together. And uh-huh. it looked like they were conspiring and this has to do with and may have to do with actually uh Jonathan Carl who is the president of the White House Correspondents Association. He invited um, this woman from the, uh, this news agency called Hong Kong Phoenix TV. Um, it's a Chinese news organization, and um, she was in the White House press briefing. She was called upon. She asked some sort of propagandist sort of question to Trump regarding um, cooperation with China and how China is providing medical supplies. And Trump looked at her, and he was like, who do you work for? you work for China? And she's like, I work for Hong Kong Phoenix TV. And he says, yeah, yeah. But you know, isn't that state owned? Who owns that? China? And uh, (laughs) of course, of course, uh, you know, it was set up to be sort of gotcha question. It was set up to sort of uh, put on display, whatever the uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, you know, talking points are and get that out on, on, um, you know, our mainstream media and it looks right. like Jonathan Carl set it up and now it's questionable as to whether or not Fauci was involved which is peculiar to say the least but it turns out so this woman this reporter uh, said no no you know we're you know we're independently owned but that's not true and of course Ted Ted Cruz came out after that uh, that press briefing and this all blew up and he responded via Twitter stating that Phoenix TV has been waging information warfare with the U.S. for years and that they're nominally private but actually state-owned. So Trump was right, of course, again. He, they, they were trying to set him up with some Chinese propaganda, propaganda BS. And it looks like Jonathan Carl is the one that set that up. And uh, I don't know. You think Fauci was involved? I do. Yeah, yeah, and I love that Trump has been calling them out on all of this lately. The press conference the other day, I, was, I wasn't even going to watch it because I just needed to take a break. But I'm like, all right, I got to get through all these messages. So I'll put it on for 10 minutes. And he was cracking me up. He was on fire. He's not taking any shit. He's calling them all out on it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I did. I saw that hand gesture. Definitely. Uh, 
Not cool at all. But, you know, that's to be expected from Fauci, so... Yep. And we have Fauci uh, emerging in this photograph that's been going viral this week. Um, uh, A young Anthony Fauci with some, you know, heavy hitter, deep state, new world order types hanging out, you know, with Ted Turner, Bill Gates, David Rockefeller, George Soros, um, (laughs) you know, all all of our faves. And so... So you definitely have to question, you know, well, is it even a question at this point? Um, no, it's Fauci's not. It's alliances. Not. No, it's, it's not. It's not a question at all. And, and I even, I went into that in my report um, a little bit, just briefly, as far as, you know, why Trump has them up there at the moment. But, you know, with Trump coming out and saying what he said about the who being, uh, uh, potentially cutting off their funding, and I know you had you had something on that you wanted to talk about before I mention a couple points there. Sure, I'll give you the setup, and then you can go into some backstory or details that you wanted to go into because I know you've been uh, you've looked into them for a long time. Um, they're probably also going to be included at some point in your book, I would imagine. Um, yep. So you probably have a lot of good information on that, but I will set it up for the people who maybe didn't hear this week, but it was pretty a pretty big deal. So Trump announced this week that he's considering cutting off funding to the World Health Organization. And um, we Hooray. are... Yay! Uh, so the U.S. is the single largest contributor to the, to the WHO, uh, to the tune of $116 million per year. Plus, we give an extra somewhere between 100 to 400 million a million a year for special projects to them and in a press uh, conference on tuesday trump said the who receives vast amounts of money from the u.s they've been wrong about a lot of things and they had a lot of information early they seem to be very china centric we have to look into that they should have known and they probably did know. So we'll be looking into that very carefully. And we're going to put a hold on the money spent at the WHO. We're going to put a very powerful hold on it. And we're going to see. Well, he's, he's, not, he's not the only one that's called out the World Health. The Japanese Deputy Prime Minister the other day in Parliament called it the Chinese Health Organization. Uh, <laughs> a few countries are going ahead. Taiwan is another one. It's really letting them have it. Very interesting. Piling on here. So Yes. And real quick, let me briefly mention a couple of things that Trump's particularly upset about. Uh, For one, the WHO was against Trump's uh, closing the borders from the jump. Uh, They were publicly um, speaking out about that decision, and that turned out to be the right decision. So that's what he's referring to. Number two, they were the ones who said that COVID wasn't transmittable between humans, and they likely knew the truth. Um, They've just appeared to, from the very beginning, being covering for China um, for a number of reasons. Um, So so go on, Corey. One, they're communists. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted to bring up a couple of points um, because, you know, in, in the book uh, that I'm working on and I've released three chapters on having to do specifically with the HIV AIDS slush fund with PEPFAR and the Global Fund and Gates and the UN and all, all the NGOs out there, 
um, that, you know, they've, we've paid out between 2001 and 2019, we've paid out over 185 million to the who just for the HIV AIDS slush fund. And so I know that the administration, because Giuliani covered this, <clears throat> excuse me, is investigating a chunk of money that went to the Ukraine having to do with HIV AIDS. And so I know that that door's opened. I know that they know exactly the ties that, that obviously that Burks and Fauci have to all of this. And the fact that he's stating he's going to investigate the WHO just you know, of course, I get excited just jumping up and down over here going, and where's all this going to lead? Because Billy Boy's giving them $3.5 billion. He's like their biggest funder. So they've been working together for a long time. Um, Gates works with a ton of UN factions. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see where this leads. Definitely. Definitely going to be interesting, and we need to look – into the who um, from the jump, from the beginning, um, how they were founded, who their alliances are, what um, their agenda is. It's clear and evident and has been for a very long time. I mean, even before this whole coronavirus outbreak happened, we've been on to the who forever. I mean, they're just one of those organizations we know that, you know, does nefarious things. It's always connected to Bill Gates and driving that new world order agenda of depopulation, population control, vaccinations, etc. So. Well, you know that Ted Turner was the one who kicked off with a billion dollars to uh, create the UN foundation. That was back in 1998. So, I mean, these, these people are all very well tied together. They go way back. Yep. So things are going to get real interesting. Buckle up, guys. <laughs> did, you see, did you see the, this was my favorite. Did you see the New York Times hit piece on Trump about the, he's pushing the hydroxychloroquine because he has stocks in Sanofi and he's going to make money over this, but they don't tell the dollar amount. And right. so Market Watch went in and broke it all down, and it's like a whopping between $99 and $1,485. This is what we're talking about here. Yep. So I immediately, I saw that, and of course I had to respond to uh, the, the tweet on that one, because with my screenshots of Bill Gates, because I've followed the money, and I know where it's all going, and Gates is has millions, probably billions, because I was only, I was focusing on one year of tax returns just to show people the money trail, you know, how it moves. And we're talking millions just in the 2018 tax returns on who he's invested in, big pharma, which big pharma companies he's invested in. And of course, he's invested in tons of them throughout time. But right now, like Abbott and Gilead, and they're all involved with what's happening right now. And then on top of it, he grants them millions of dollars to produce, to carry out his agendas, and then makes money on the back end because he's invested in them. It's quite funny. But they're not going to cover that. We're going to go after Trump for $99 up to $1,500. Yeah, he's just going to go gangbusters on this. Yeah, impeach. Yeah. So I was reading um, a tweet by Donald Trump Jr. Uh, regarding that hydroxychloroquine um, controversy that they were trying to 
stir up saying that Trump owned big stocks in hydroxychloroquine when you were saying the truth is just a tiny fraction. Um, yeah, he tweeted something out um, earlier this week as well, just stating, so POTUS owns a few thousand dollars of a mutual fund that owns a small price of a company or a small piece of a company, um, a small price of a company. And because he could make tens of dollars, that's why he's hopeful about the drug. They don't say that he owns between $29 and $435 because, you know, narrative. So, right. so yeah, the, the, the man doesn't even take a salary for being president. <laughs> 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 um, yet he's man. he's all in on making that twenty nine dollars to four hundred and thirty five dollars on hydroxychloroquine, which, by the way, guys, it's like a twelve dollar pill. It's not um, a big money maker, and that is why the media hates it. That's why big pharma hates it. That's why Bill Gates, World Health Organization, Fauci, everybody who we don't trust hates hydroxychloroquine. It has to do with the fact that there's no money in it. And mm -hmm. it's incredibly doing, it's doing incredibly well, like miraculously yeah. well. Trump gave a kind of a, a, a little side story of this woman that he saw. I th I'm not sure if it was on Laura Ingram. I think it was. Um, but Trump caught Laura Ingram. It, there was a woman who was a, a Democrat, not a Trump fan. She had the virus. She took she said she was dying. She was dying. And she took hydroxychloroquine and within a very short time had a very, very speedy recovery. And she was just basically talking about how it was miraculous and how she was thanking Trump and she was a fan. Um, and he's like, yeah. this is this is not a woman who would who is, you know, basically pushing an agenda for me. She was not a fan right. of me, but she's a fan now because of this drug that I want to try. I think it's successful. You know, it's ha having early good results and I want, I want to try it. Uh, I don't yeah, want to wait two years. That, it's a drug that has a solid, solid history to it um, with very little to no side effects. No one's ever died from it. They've been using it like that billions of uh, doses have gone out to people over the decades it's it's insane. You know, when you get Valerie Jarrett and Maxine Waters out there saying, don't trust Trump, trust Fauci, and making it sound like people are going to die if they... I mean, this is how serious this is. If, if they're trying to prevent that which could heal and potentially cure people from this, that is how serious this is. If people cannot see through the DNC's disgusting evil agenda at this point, I don't know what the hell is going to wake people up. I don't either, but you know, a lot of people are waking up. I got a call from my mom yesterday. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yes. Is you it know, a good my, call? Yeah, yeah, it was a good call. It was a good call. She always comes to me with the conspiracy theories, like, is this real or is this fake news? And, you know, I have to yeah. like, <laughs> give her give her some information but you know she has a lot of you know senior friends and mm -hmm. who are waking up and asking her questions and she's like you know i don't awesome. know the answer and so my mom will call me and i'll be like no this is fake news this is what's really happening or yes that's true because she was asking about fauci yesterday and all of fauci's connections and she was like is this true and i'm like yes it's true 
(laughs) 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 But her senior friends, she has like a seniors church group and, you know, they, they're real tight and uh, they're waking up to this. So that's good news. I think some people are really waking up to uh, the deceptions, the agendas, um, and it's really coming out on just the center stage through this whole event, coronavirus event. Right. right. So how do you guys th- see this playing out? I was thinking about this the other day. In order for them to carry out that their, their whole agenda, which is ultimately the vaccines worldwide, so they can have the Global Fund 2.0, in order for them to carry that out, realistically, they need to try to keep people in fear, at home, scared to death, not working. We, we, you can't go out until we have a cure, yada, 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 for a year to 18 months. That ain't going to happen. So what's going to happen when all of a sudden we start going back to work and then people are feeling fine, hardly anyone's getting sick, it's starting to, starting to fade out because now we've already had the election and Trump won and that part failed for them. And so now what are they going to do? Say, oh, but we believe this to be seasonal or it's going to come in another wave. So we're still working on this important vaccine. I mean, I'm trying to picture how that that could even play out because by now everyone's back at work and they're going, "Uh, yeah, no, no, that's okay. I think we're cool. We don't need the vaccine. Or are people going to be so scared of, oh my God, what what if there is another wave and we get stuck in our homes again? Well, so what do you guys think? They are incredibly desperate. And if, if this was a bioweapon, which I'm leaning towards, you know, we've talked about this many right. times. I've written about this. I've done videos, you too. I mean, so yeah. we just, you know, that's my, where I'm standing. I, I believe that's what this was. Um, and I hopefully will be able to eventually find proof of that. I don't know if we ever will, but I hope so. Um, but if, that's the case. Um, we know what they're capable and willing of doing. And um, will they stop here um, is a good question because uh, this is a sign of how absolutely desperate they are. And I don't know that they will stop here and be like, oh, let's just throw in the towel. Right. You know? Well, they, they do have a lot of people scared. Like, I, I, a lot of people see the agenda for what it is, but a lot of people don't. Um, I've, I've seen plenty of videos of just how bad they're cracking down on this police state sort of a thing. Like when this paddleboarder got arrested the other day in the middle of the ocean of the coast right. of California, I think it was like, that's ridiculous. And there's yep. cases like this going on everywhere. I mean, England's really <clears throat> down as a police state. Um, anybody outside their house, they're trying to bring trackers and all that on like there's, like, yeah, the GPS ankle yeah, monitors. Like yeah, and, and in Kentucky where they've got uh, so so on one person they don't say whether it's male or female, but but this person keeps leaving their home. They're not listening. So we're gonna put the GPS, you know, monitoring ankle bracelet on and if they leave they can be charged charged with what what the hell are you going to do to them you just released 186 prisoners are you going to put them in one of their cells i mean insane this this is how upside down and inside out everything is right now Mm -hmm. they they won't put them in jail they'll just find the shit out of them because you know people are not no one has money money to pay a fine so where's the threat Mm. 
It's mm. insane. And then in West Virginia, there's a county that, um, that just authorized the sheriff's office to uh, put the monitors on anyone who tests positive that is not staying home. They can now put the ankle monitors on them. It's really, uh, it, it blows me. I mean, look, I know there's a lot of deep state. I know there's a lot of corrupted people in all industries and that we've got a lot of states that are worse than others, but it just amazes me the level of like law enforcement that is enforcing this. Like the one example you gave speaker about a man and his son out in a freaking paddle boat around nobody else. It, it's all fear tactics and mind games. This is like psychological warfare, you know? Is it going to affect the sharks? Right. Well, what, yeah, right. What, what, what are we protecting right. there? Right? You, you, you said people have to go out and get exercise, but when people go out and get exercise, you're going to arrest them and find them? What's right. The, it just, it yeah. Yeah. There's there's it a is, lot of places it that is are doing fear that. tactics. It's fear tactics and indoctrinating people into this mindset where we're now self policing. We're policing each other in this world of Karens. It's, it's you know disgusting. taking to social media and tattling on people who are not following. Well, um, that's 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 the North Korean model. So that's what Norton. That's what North Korea used to do. So they used to like. They they would get rewarded and they would have like meetings every week where their commanders or whatever of whatever villages would take people in together and then one would have to tell and they'll get asked the question, you know, do you know any bad things going around in your neighborhood? Tell them about your friends. What have they done? So it, it's it's a police state that works down that way as control. Mm-hmm. And then you've got people telling on each other and you've got people um, getting themselves in trouble. And that's, that's I, I hate that model. That model's very scary to me. Yeah, instead of us banding together and fighting against the powers that be that are trying to control us all, people are now turning on each other and that's exactly what they want and it's it's disgusting. People need to wake up, man. Telling you what. Telling you what hey, one very good piece of news we all heard the other day um, in the one of the press conferences. I have no idea which day. They all blur together at this point, but when when Trump was asked about their other illicit activities that you know they're trying to hunker down on while they're out in the Caribbean Sea and uh, the Eastern Pacific Ocean, in addition to just focusing on the drug cartels, which I think we all know this has to do with a whole lot more, and I know you've written a report on this that that's out this week, Edge, um, but he brought up human trafficking and that they're also focused on that. And he talked about that for a few minutes. So that was, that was a really good sign. Yes, it was. And people were just cheering over that. That was all over social media this week um, about how these enhanced narcotics operations. Well, first of all, it was uh, Chanel from um, OANN who had asked um, Trump, you know, if um, there were other, um, other things that they were going after other than than drugs. And he mentioned the human trafficking and child trafficking as well and how terrible it is. She said, you know, is it beyond narcotics? Are there other illicit activities that the U.S. assets are targeting? And President Trump responded, well, 
there are the activities of human trafficking, and especially with respect to women, as you know, potentially, or I'm sorry, proportionally, it's mostly women, and it's a horrible thing, it's a horrible thing, and there's, uh, there's never been a time like it. And it's because of the internet, and it's all over the world, but for the most part, they're coming through this country, they're coming through the southern border, but we're hitting them very hard. They have tremendous illegal trafficking in women and children, but mostly women. But this, and this, this isn't anything new, though. This has been going on for the last three years. He's cracked down on human trafficking. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a new thing that's just spread up. Um, this has consistently been happening for three years. That's when I, like, when I see people post about it and it's like this massive... Um, uh, it gets spread around a lot. I'm like, yeah, it hasn't stopped, though. <laughs> no, right. But I think what's significant about it is he, uh, they sent so many ships and planes and, you know, doubled down on everything out to the Caribbean right now in the Eastern Pacific, and everyone's like, what's going on? Because we know right now they're protecting our borders. Uh, I personally think they're also protecting from any kind of bioweapons coming in. We know this is about more than just drug cartels. Um, it is. And I know it gets into that in some of her report. But for him to also say that, like during a time that we're in right now, it's just um, because there's a lot going on. There's multi-layers to all of this. And I talk about this in my report. Um, he's he's queued up a lot of military. He has. <laughs> A lot of areas right now. We've got up to a million um, on the ready. We've got um, that he can call up for up to 24 months. We've got them hunkering down in various military bases, including Cheyenne Mountain, sealing themselves in there until the, the pandemic passes. Um, and then he sends them all out to the scene. So everyone's wanting to know, you know, some elements to this. And that was just like one small piece like okay well we're still focusing on this while we're out here i'm so. going to get into some specifics about it in the report um, because you're right it is a lot more to do it's not just about drug trafficking and going after the cartels you have to understand venezuela and you have to understand who their alliances are and they have a very strong alliance with iran and they have allowed hezbollah and hamas to infiltrate venezuela and they have amassed a lot in, in Venezuela with regards to, and it's not just drug trafficking, but drug tra there is a huge drug trafficking operation um, underway in Venezuela uh, with regards to connections with Hezbollah operating that, and also weapons trafficking. And there's also human trafficking as well. Um, Venezuela is a terrible place for human trafficking. And specifically with regards to the Car Caribbean, um, there is an island off of the coast of uh, Venezuela that is part of Venezuela called Margarita Island. And Hezbollah and Hamas are known to have bases of operation there because of the free trade zone that Venezuela has given that island. It's just ideal for them to use it as drug trafficking, human trafficking, money laundering, a whole host of nefarious activities goes on from Margarita Island. But also it is like a resort destination, it's a vacation destination, and it has become a hot spot for human trafficking and sex tourism of women and children. So I get a lot into that in this report 
but you know, go into more specifics, not just with that particular island. That's just one piece of it. So, yeah, yeah uh, South, um, South America in general, South America and Asia are the worst for origins of human trafficking. A lot of um, these children and these women come from those two continents. Yeah, and what they do in a lot of these places, because uh, this happens on a lot of islands out there, is they'll take them, um, so say they take Venezuelan women and they bring them over to the Dominican Republic or somewhere, and they say that they've got this work for them, and yada yada, they're going to put them to work, and they don't tell them what it's really about. And then they get them where they want them to be, and they I, turn I them into strippers and prostitutes, and they take their papers away from them so they have no way to get out and no way to get back home and now they're being constantly monitored and pimped out. Yep. It's uh, awesome. The money that they make goes to paying their living and they can never get ahead of it's it's the trap. It is. And there's yeah. a lot of child slave labor that goes on in Venezuela that the drug cartels and Hezbollah are in control of and uh, there's not just the sex trafficking and the drug trafficking it's also um, illegal gold mining uh, children are forced to um, to work in these horrific conditions and gold mining to support Hezbollah and Iran uh, so I get into that in the report as well so by um, the removal of Maduro uh, I understand that people see this as some sort of, some people see this as some sort of imperialist sort of move. And I understand why that is, considering the United States' history. But with regards to this situation, I really truly believe that with the removal of Maduro, we would be uh, freeing a lot of child slave laborers and also um, cutting off a lot of really really bad ties with Iran. They have a lot of money and weapons and materials flowing between Venezuela and Iran. And it's important to cut that off. By cutting off their drug trafficking, um, we are definitely cutting off their funding and their potential to continue to get weapons to the terrorists that we know currently are trying to uh, to exploit this coronavirus situation while everyone's preoccupied and pop something off either over in the, um, you know, in a Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, in, you know, anywhere in the Middle East or in the Western Hemisphere in the Venezuelan area or even trying to get something up through our southern border. Um, so that is why it's important to move now. That is why they're moving now is because they see this as a national security threat. And it is. Right, right. And man, I mean, human trafficking alone is a $150 billion a year industry. So it's no joke. And we are big buyers of that over here in America. Ay, 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 ay. Well, I look forward to reading that report. Yeah, it's going to be I good. I, I want to get into to the um, hospitals a little bit because there's been a lot of a lot of misconceptions going around, and I covered this in my report I released this week. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that's confusing to people is the empty parking lots of the hospitals. So I wanted to just cover that a little bit. Um, but keep in mind, we are at 14,000 deaths right now, hellaciously below the projected numbers. So, so with the hospitals, okay, 
they basically, just like the government came in and said, we're shutting down all businesses except for, what is it, essential, I think is the word they use. And with that, we're shutting down everything within hospitals except for if, uh, you know, COVID patients, if you're having a baby, or there's a major, major emergency. So all the people you see milling about a hospital on any regular day, which are people going in for blood tests, maintenance, um, elective surgeries, you know, all kinds of testing and everything that happens there, all that's been shut down. Their staff has been majorly cut. They're cross-training some staff members um, to handle COVID patients because they're getting rid of other staff members. And so what we have is, and they're not allowing, in fact, of all the ones I spoke with, so I spoke with 15 to 20 individuals, everything ranging from doctors, pathologists, respiratory therapists, critical care nurses, RNs, um, technicians, pharmacists, you name it. Um, in, in probably about 15 hospitals across the country. And what I was hearing was pretty much the same thing everywhere. All with the exception of one of those I spoke with, they're not allowing visitors. So you're not going to see a lot of cars from staff. You're not going to see um, people who are going, you know, there's, there's going to be hardly any cars in the parking lot is my point. And it's going to seem a bit like a ghost town. And then when you go into the ER, in most cases, they've set up floors or units or, you know, sections of the hospital. Some of them have the negative pressure rooms they're using as well. Those are strictly for COVID. So when someone is screened and temperature tested and whatnot, and they're severe enough to, to bring them in, because if they're not, they send them home. So if they're severe enough to come in, then they're moved to that area of the hospital. They're not going to be just sitting there hanging out in the R room. So that kind of explains that. But that said, they made it sound like it was war zones, you know, and, and that's the part that creates all the mass confusion and everyone wants to say the entire thing is a damn hoax. Uh, I think most people know by now the virus is real. There are people who have died from it. They um, have totally exaggerated it. We know that it has most likely been here since November. So we flew through four months of all being out there working, doing our normal operations in the world. And um, uh, everyone seemed to be getting around, getting along just fine. And then they shut everything down because they told our president that was necessary. And their projected numbers and modeling systems were way off. And so there's times what happens is you may have a hospital who only has like four COVID patients. And so they're twiddling their thumbs. They don't have a whole lot to do. But in the meantime, the management has um, their medical supplies and everything locked up, the protection, protective gear. And they're being told you can, you have to wear masks for your full 12 hour shift, or in some cases your whole week, because we're trying to conserve and save in case we get this big surge that we keep being told is going to come. And in some cases, there are hospitals where they have seen that surge, where they have 20 people in there on ventilators. But you know, you think of the thousands of hospitals and thousands of nursing homes we have across this country. And it's not, it's just not adding up to what they're saying it is. You know, the numbers are far lower 
but there are some towns when you know that have hidden hit points where they have gotten surges it's just not the war zones they're making it out to be um why i'm honestly kind of wondering myself like why they're even bothering to continue to make more ventilators other than the exception of maybe to um restock for future purposes and let's just keep this ball rolling right now but I don't think it's necessary because the hospitals like in Michigan, for example, okay, they, they have an area that's um, kind of a hotspot right now. And they have seen a lot of, a lot of positive patients, COVID, you know, case, COVID positive patients, but they know that they can pull from another hospital that's got extra ventilators if need be. And so they're kind of working together in this network. And I think that's probably the case with a lot of them. So we're not seeing shortages on ventilators. Um, there has been a big issue with the N95 masks. Some, some were stolen when this kicked off. Some were being stolen from the hospitals. Others are being locked down and they're being rationed out um, just to prepare for this surge. So that was like one big thing I just wanted to clear up. And, um, and then as far as the refrigerator trucks, that is the real deal. So what's happening is some funeral homes will not pick up the bodies because they're finding that they stay contagious for up to 36 days after their last symptoms. And so if you have someone who's deceased, the the last thing you really want to do is be cutting into that person and doing an autopsy and, um, you know, being exposed. So the Pentagon actually ordered, I think it was, Mm, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was like 100,000 of the black military grade body bags. And so some hospitals have ordered, they have refrigerator trucks that they're keeping them in or they have them there as a contingency plan in case there's a surge. One hospital converted a section of their hospital into a morgue. So from that aspect, because of how contagious it is, that that part is not a hoax. As far as the photos that were going around with dead bodies in the refrigerator truck, I mean, I can't speak to that specifically. Um, if that was used as a fear tactic to scare people or or what the case was there. But they are in uh, New York, they are taking no, like deep nose swabs and lung tissue samples from the deceased and they're storing it for future study, which is interesting. Um, trying to think, uh, I just, I encourage people to go into my report because I've got a lot of, you know, I have an x-ray in here, a death certificate, stuff on the testing and, uh, the timeline of the military call-ups and just a lot of information from inside the hospital so that people can see the full scope of this because it, there's so much flying around because you've got media pumping out exaggerations and lies and you've got other people that are pumping out total speculative stories, making it sound like it's true when there's not a shred of evidence. And so people are really, really confused. And I tried to, um, I tried to alleviate some of that confusion and just show straightforward facts so people yes. can kind of draw their own conclusions and, and be able to see that this is multi-layered. We're yes. seeing a lot of things happening simultaneously right now. 
That report you did was really comprehensive, definitely a must read because you're not going to get this information in the press and you're not going to even get it from, say, you know, Twitter of, you know, looking at videos of empty parking lots or even in the waiting rooms of hospitals. This is really a lot of information that we need as far as what is happening on the front lines with doctors, with nurses, with patients, uh, what is really going on on the ground. And in some cases, it looks like, you know, it they've got it under control pretty well. And it's not, you know, as bad as the media will make it out to be. And then in other places, you know, like you had mentioned, um, there they've seen surges and then they've, you know, it's died down and, and you give it just a much more realistic uh, portrayal of what's happening really across the country because there's different people that you had collected information from throughout the nation um, to give a full yeah, scope and, view. And another thing I want to mention is, so the video that went viral of that doctor out of New York, okay, I've, I've seen people sharing that as this is important. I've seen people trying to debunk him saying it's all hoax. Here's what I'm going to say to that. I don't know that guy. I don't have time to dig into his story, but what I can tell you is the words he said in portraying what's happening with this and doctors on the front line being, being a bit baffled by this was true. And, and everyone I spoke with, that is the case. That is what's happening. Um, it's this respiratory, it's not just some straight up ARDS. This is very different. And there's microclotting and there's, it, it like attacks the whole system quickly. And so oxygen, they're having to like reduce the pressure on the lungs and they're all coming together. You know, doctors are coming together trying to figure out the best way to treat this because they do need to get them oxygen. They're not saying don't use ventilators. It's just that they have to come up with a system that's going to work best in this case because of how quickly the lungs are like flooded. And I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to misspeak on this. I'm not a doctor, but from what everyone was describing to me, they've never seen anything like this before and it's, and it's tricky. Um, so as far as that guy goes, the information was legit. As far as who he is, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's, there's been a lot of things going around, a lot of conspiracies as well going around with coronavirus. Mm -hmm. the, the big one of late being 5G and coronavirus, which has taken off pretty big in the last couple of weeks. I just want to poke some holes into it because, look, I love a good conspiracy theory, but then there's just ones where you're just like, come on, man. Like, the basis of this was that there's a 5G tower in China, in Wuhan, where this broke out, and that's the basis of it, right? And mm -hmm. then, so people believe that the 5G towers are spreading coronavirus um, and that the virus itself is not real, but it's radiation poisoning. Okay. Uh, so 5G, is is there any science behind 5G uh, producing radiation and irradiating people? Does, I mean, because I really have not had time at all to look into this whole no. 5G thing. No, not, not, not that I've seen. But look, there's, there's, I'm, I'm not saying there's no conspiracy to do with 5G here. I mean, there's a lot of nefarious things out there associated with this i'm just talking particularly between this and coronavirus yes i know and right. the, it just rang a bell for me and i'm gonna let you continue but um let me circle back to it because you just like triggered something in my memory that i want to talk about 
defend it. Okay, so I remember in my report um, doing um, the cancer within modern medicine, when we talked in the uh, parts one and two, we talked about cancer. And um, with the story of Dr. Mary's monkey and with the story of uh, me and Lee, uh, which are two stories from two different perspectives, but it's the same story of a conspiracy to weaponize the polio vaccine. It's actually what there was SV40, which is, uh, comes from monkey kidney cells that were put into the polio vaccine. And um, it was found to cause cancer. But what they were doing in this, um, in the Oxner Clinic was that they were uh, magnifying it to the point where it was a, a very aggressive um, form. And so that, but what they were going to do, do t- is use it to, um, to try to assassinate Castro. And so uh, what they had to do, the plan was to irradiate Castro, have him get some sort of x-ray, uh, turn up the, the dials to where he got some sort of massive dose of irradiation, mm-hmm. which lowered his immune systems so that when they gave him the SV40 polio vaccine that was weaponized, that he would get an incredibly aggressive form of cancer that would take over very, very quickly. And so that was the conspiracy. That was the plan according to these stories, which do have a lot of factual basis. There's a lot of evidence to support their stories. So that's interesting though, because not that the 5G would cause the virus, but that, that in order to be more susceptible to getting a more aggressive form of it or to become like to succumb to it maybe your immune systems have to be lowered maybe that's the theory um i'm not sure if that's exactly the theory i'm pretty sure they think the virus is fake and this is radiation poisoning okay yeah i'm just brainstorming here your your brainstorming is great but their brainstorming is not (laughs) i have a question though i have a question on this whole thing because i i too i've not dug deep into 5g i have seen that there have been um uh, okay, so apparently there have been a lot of documentation out there. We have known of other countries that have said they refuse to implement it. So there must be something documented that shows the concern. I think we're all a little concerned about 5G. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's nothing to be concerned about 5G. Right. I'm just saying that in co- correlation to the coronavirus, I don't think there's anything there. For, uh, but, right. but because of this because of this theory, you've got people all around the UK burning down 5G towers now, right? I know, I saw that. But what my question was is, okay, I I remember when that theory first came out having to do with Wuhan, and it was like, hmm, kind of raises your eyebrow. I mean, this, this could actually potentially be something. But my question is, now it's in, well, I've lost track. What is it? Like over 150 countries or something right now. Yeah. So... Most of these other countries, to the best of my knowledge, don't even have 5G. And as far as I know, uh, aren't we pretty limited, if any at all, fully set up over here yet, Edged? Or do we have some set up over here? Um, Well, there's been 5G towers in the U.S. since late 2018. That's when they started to implement them. Uh, So so they are there in the U.S., yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I just so I mean, in order for that theory to make sense, it would mean everyone, all these countries where people are getting sick and dying from it, where it's getting that bad in their system, 
they would they too would have to be susceptible for the five G in order for that to work. Yeah, well, see, their their theory on that is that you know they've got this radiation sickness and they're coming from other countries and then they're spreading it. The problem with that though is so you look at Israel for example, they've got no five G towers, right? They've got about seven thousand, eight thousand cases. And the other thing is radiation sickness or radiation poisoning is not contagious. Right. 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 You can't, you can't catch radiation poisoning. You catch, right. you catch it from the source. Someone can't t- touch you and now you've got radiation poisoning. It doesn't work like that. But if it's- you lowered the immune systems of a certain community through a radiation, they may be more susceptible to catching not just that virus, but you know, any virus yeah, or even hard, cancers hard, or but it's hard when you've got no 5g towers in your country right so you would have to look at say new york italy all the major hot spots and say okay do all of these places have a significant you know 5g presence and then you know so i i, I don't know i haven't looked into this at all so i don't I think personally- many countries do I personally just want someone to send me data on 200 deceased patients with their background information. <laughs> well, because I'll find the pattern and connect the dots and say how it's because we do have some anomalies. Look, there's a doctor in Ohio that an entire family died from this. So there were two people in their 70s, the parents who had no pre-existing Granted, they're in their 70s, right? But then they had a son who was 50. No pre-existing. They're all non-smokers. So now, okay, sure. Could they have had weakened immune systems? Um, Maybe, but that's still considered kind of an anomaly because most of the people who have died from this, I mean, they had serious chronic conditions. And maybe they had another year to live, another week to live, another five years to live, and this came in, hit them so hard, they just couldn't fight it. But these anomalies is what has me questioning, you know, there's got to be a common thread here. I just, I wish I could have access to the data and there was no HIPAA laws. <laughs> right. Well, we I, mean, I do want get, HIPAA laws, but you know what I'm saying. We are going to get some data soon. Um, this week, Trump did um, speak on a couple of data points that we should be hearing about soon. Number one, it looks like this coronavirus is hitting the black community. Uh, significantly harder, like three to four times more than other races. So they don't know why, um, whether it has to do with certain pre-existing conditions. But when they said that to me, I'm like, oh God, if this was a bioweapon, was that the intention? Because that really, really just made my stomach sink. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bioweapon camp the same as you are. I am too. I'm yeah, not that, the, I'm not in the 5J camp. But that I, I don't think me. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I didn't see that edge. I did see people saying something about now they're going to try and turn this right, you know, into a racism thing. Um, but well, I didn't see any data. Yeah. So we should be finding out some more data, some real facts. I don't want to speak too much on it because we don't really know much yet about that. Um, but we should be hearing soon about that because they're compiling that information now to try to find out why that is. And the other thing is that on hydroxychloroquine. So in New York, there's over a thousand people that they're using it on in a case study. And we should be hearing some information. We were told this week that we should be getting some information very soon 
on um, the success rate of that. So that should put the hydroxychloroquine BS uh, to bed pretty soon, I believe. Well, maybe, maybe not, because I saw, and I haven't looked this up yet to see if there's truth to this, but I saw tweets going out by some blue check marks saying that, uh, not that that gives any validity to this, but they were stating that Gates funded that study. So oh, I will be looking that up. Great. <laughs> I haven't had time to look that up yet. <laughs> Oh, is there anything that he doesn't have his hands in? Nope. Pretty much not. Well, the, mm. scientist, the scientist is not a scientist. No, he is not a scientist, people. But I mean, <laughs> if we're starting, ultimately, if we're starting to investigate the WHO, which is like the policymaker, um, <sighs> it's a good time. I'm just. I'm just like watching, I'm just watching dominoes in my head right now. I mean, I'm praying hard on that one because it all runs through there. Yeah, knock that'd him, be great. Knock him down. Definitely. Yeah, uh, so I reckon we should finish it off by just quickly mentioning uh, Biden is out of the race. Uh, no, Biden's not out of the race. Sanders <laughs> is out of the race. Sanders <laughs> is out of the race. Biden is out of his mind. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Bernie bros are not happy. No. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I want to mm -hmm. talk about cleaning the swamp real quick. So it looks yeah. like we got a bunch of IGs who are still swamp creatures, some Obama holdovers, and Trump has been cleaning house, which the uh, Dems are just basically pulling their hair out about. So this week, um, Trump replaced the Pentagon's acting inspector general, Glenn Flynn, I'm sorry, Glenn Fine, who was selected to chair the panel overseeing the rollout of the $2 trillion coronavirus bill. And so that was interesting. Obviously, Trump doesn't have confidence in what uh, Glenn Fine's work was going to come up with as far as overseeing that. So... I think it's probably, you know, he must have had some, a good reason for that. But then also he has been very critical of this HHS Inspector General, Christy Grimm. Now she put out a report that described widespread testing delays and supply issues. And after she did this, Trump tweeted out about her report, calling it, quote, another fake dossier. And this was signaling that she may be a part of the swamp as well. And um, that, you know, she may be out the door soon, too. Um, he said in a press briefing regarding this that it was just wrong. And when she was, he asked, when was she appointed? Do me a favor and let me know. I have to know. So, of course, I looked it up. Yeah, of course, she was appointed to the OIG's chief of staff in 2014 during the Obama administration. So I think he's insinuating there that she's another Obama holdover that is trying to usurp the narrative and discredit the Trump administration and their, their work that they're doing as far as providing supplies uh, across the country through the task force. Uh, so look out for her being on the chopping block soon, I would imagine. 
Um, we've heard some rumors there may be some others coming down the pike, but we're, we're not going to really comment on that yet because we just don't know, but for sure we'll comment on this one. So on April 3rd, uh, Trump fired the intelligence community IG, Michael Atkinson, and he stated Mm. in the letter remarking on this, um, that it is vital that I have the fullest confidence in the appointees serving as inspectors general. That is no longer the case with regards to this inspector general. So if you remember, Atkinson has been involved in some shadiness, of course. Um, The recent IG report that just came out that reviewed the FBI's gross mishandling of FISA applications, not just with regards to spying on the Trump campaign, but it was just looking over the course of the past five years, and it found that every single one of those FISA applications did not meet standards. And so, um, of course, that looks very poorly upon Atkinson, who is supposed to be overseeing, um, you know, these kinds of things. So, Um, that's probably played a major factor into Trump's decision. But also, um, we have to remember that Atkinson is the one who, during the whole UK-Crane call scandal and impeachment hoax and the whistleblower, so Atkinson is the one who changed the Intel community whistleblower report just after Chiaramella submitted his whistleblower statement. And this report was changed in order to allow secondhand information to be filed. Because remember, Charamella did not have firsthand information. So that report had to be changed. uh, And it was changed by, by Atkinson. So he's involved in that whole whistleblower conspiracy. And that obviously came into play with regards to Trump's decision to let him go. So good call there, and definitely he's cleaning house, getting rid rid of some more swamp creatures. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, guys, thanks for listening to us here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please share this podcast. We are now on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Now it. Boom.